What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 196 and we're going back to the GBA. It's one of those consoles that we probably get the most requests for that I rarely go to because I just never played it back in its prime. Those were my bar hopping days when I was out getting rejected by women all over the place and stuff like that but anyways every fucking time i fire up the gba and i play something on it i enjoy the hell out of it what an understated console the gba is uh, and this week as you can probably tell by the music and the title of the episode we're talking castlevania aria of sorrow although in the interest of full disclosure i should point out i didn't actually play it on my gba i played it on my Nintendo Switch via the Castlevania Advanced Collection, which I will give a thorough recommendation to. It's very well done, as are both the regular Castlevania and Contra packages that are available right now. So, you know, I don't make any money off, you know, shouting them out or anything. They're both just really good collections. All three of them are. So they're worth checking out if you're interested. Um, I will say, though, I did get a, I did get money for this episode. This episode is one of our sponsored uh, episodes where a member of the community has been generous enough to sponsor the game we're talking about over on Patreon. And my man Tin Smasher picked this one. And this is a really rad story because Tin Smasher won... Uh, the Remember the Game Fantasy Football League we had running over in our Discord over the last season of the NFL and used part of his winnings to sponsor an episode of the show knowing that a portion of that would be donated to charity, which is really, really fucking cool of him. So massive thank you to my man Tin Smasher, not only for being a generous motherfucker, uh, but for turning me on to such a rad game because I love this game. And if you haven't listened to it yet, We reviewed Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night a couple of months ago. It was episode 182. And I got to say, I was I was pretty underwhelmed by by that game. And I know, send your hate mail to memberthegame at gmail.com. I got a ton of it. They still come in every few days. Uh, but this game, Aria of Sorrow, this was everything that I wanted Symphony of the Night to be. I fucking loved this game. Is it perfect? Eh, not quite, but it's very, very, very good. And in my limited Castlevania experience, this is now my number one. For what it's worth, I've only really played... Uh, Super Castlevania 4, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the original Castlevania, and Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. But Aria of Sorrow is number one for me uh, by a mile. My guest this week is my buddy Bradley McHugh, who was also my guest on the Symphony of the Night episode. And we butted heads on that one over pretty much everything to do with that game. And we weren't quite on the same page this time around either, but it was a lot closer than Symphony of the Night was. We both agreed that this is just a really fun video game. And at the end of the day, my friends... Isn't that just what, is that all that matters? That's what matters is what is a video game fun. And we're going to get to all that in just a minute, because speaking of what really matters at the end of the day, it's time for yet another edition of the remember the game infamous intro. (laughs) And if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. Consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten kind of long. They're out of control now, but they're fun. We talk video games and it's, it's not, it's not just, you know, it, I mean, it is just random. But it's video game rambling. You know what our our intro is like the very first part of a Castlevania game when it's just crappy zombies and skeletons and you're just cracking skulls and finding slabs of meat everywhere and eating it and enjoying the scenery. It's very chill. But if you do want to skip it, if you're just here for Castlevania talk, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be in Castlevania country 
and we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, we have, I got to do my quick plug. This, this, oh, I got to do it. It's my job. Uh, we have merchandise. We have hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, posters, all rocking incredible art that was drawn by my man, Joe. You can check out all of his work at 4545creative.com if you're interested. And you can check out our merchandise at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're like, I would really like to wear a stupid shirt to support this stupid idiot from Canada who loves video games. Well, you can find it all at rememberthegamepodcast.com. It's a great way to support the show. And of course, if you're like, I don't do clothes. That's not how, I don't know. I don't know what traditions are like in other, here in Canada, we wear clothes most days, but I don't know what things are like in the US or Newfoundland. I don't know how you guys work. So if you don't like clothes, you can always just consider supporting us on Patreon. It's probably the greatest value in the history of the internet. For just two bucks a month, you're going to get two extra podcasts every week, every week. So it's like eight to 10 podcasts a month. You get exclusive access to my gaming news show game patch every Friday, where I look at all the biggest news in modern video games, add my opinions and some profanity and stuff in there. And expansion pass every Thursday is a different show. Every week we do game rankings. We look back at characters, consoles. We do some comedy episodes. There's game reviews this past week on expansion pass. Our topic was selected by the community and spiciest gaming takes was the subject du jour. Our listeners sent in their hottest gaming takes. I slapped a rating of one to five on them. I broke out my comedian chops. Because if you don't know, like I really am a stand-up comedian away from this podcast. That's that's my night job. Uh, I reacted to their takes. It was a really fun episode. It went over really, really well. So uh, as is becoming tradition during the intro, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, your spiciest gaming takes. Kelly wrote in and said, sorry, kind of a confession, but I can still put it in here. I just don't really like Super Mario World. I find it kind of boring and slow. Sorry, Adam. Not enough blast processing for this girl. Oh, I admit it. It's only two alarm, two and a half tops. I just wanted to be a big man in front of the kids. Two stars because I don't think that you're trying to troll me. I just think that you really don't like Super Mario World, which makes sense because you're young and you young fucking kids are just, you don't know good. All you fucking know is the internet and fucking NSYNC and fucking plastic or paper straws instead of plastic and you don't know what dial-up internet was like. So two stars. I almost would have given you three stars for that take, Kelly, but you came in and said, sorry, Adam. And I don't want, no, there's no fucking, there's no sorries in Spice. You don't go to a chili cook-off and then when you eat the chili and it's too hot, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. You go like, yeah, it fucking hurts. Have fun later on the toilet. It hurts. That's, I want the hurt. So two stars, Kelly. Chris Daniels wrote in, and said, I actually like the ending of Mass Effect 3. Lisa, is that too spicy for you? I can see through time. Oh, that So that episode's available now in our archives. And this week for Expansion Pass number 109, I'm going to review Kirby and the Forgotten Land for the Nintendo Switch, which is a game that I had absolutely no intention of playing until everyone just kept saying, it's really good. You should play it. It's really good. So I finally bit the bullet and not to spoil the review, but uh, yeah, y'all were right. It's a really, really good friggin' video game. So uh, that'll be tomorrow's episode. Again, two bucks gets you two extra shows a week, plus instant access to about 200 archived episodes, plus 
Access to join our Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll at the beginning of every month. It's live right now. The ability to submit comments for all of our podcasts, and you're going to get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, and there's a lot of them this week, so I'll go... Thank you so much. I'm going to try to rip through these and see how many of them I fuck up. A huge thank you to... Taylor Nordinger, Kyle tu- Turner, Tuner. I don't know if I typed it wrong or if it was Turner, or if it was Tuner. Anyway, Kyle with the last name, I don't know what it is. Red, fucking two names in. <sighs> Taylor Nordinger, Kyle Tuner or Turner, Red Hood Todd, George Emmett, Scott Lancaster, Christopher, Christopher, Maximus, Christopher Maximus, Jason Workman, Michael Columbus, Dem Boys on the Roof, Stephen Carney, Sweet T, Brando Osimo, Oh What the Fuck LOL, which I just got right before I read it. I thought it was Oh What the Fool LOL. Cannibal Corey, Brady Tinnen, Stephen, Stephen, Stephen McGregor, Donatello Eats Ass, as all the cool turtles do. Uh, Trent Richardson, Last Minute Hero, Brent Strickhauser, Cinematic One, Max Legroom, Darth Maggot, Super Mario World is not as good as Adam says, that's not fucking true, Nicholas Duncan, Darren's Johnson, love that handle, SSG, current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, James Juan Francesco, I hope I didn't fuck that up James, Caesar Bustos, the Jamaican Nightmare, Doug Walsh, Vincent Auclair, Christopher Wynn, and Lauren LaRuzic. I'm sure I fucked a whole bunch of those up, but a massive thank you to all of you for joining Patreon. Patreon.com slash Remember the Game. And to wrap up the sales pitch, I won't mention Patreon again until the end of the show. Uh, 5% of our Patreon every month is getting donated to the our Remember the Children 24-hour charity stream at the end of the year, so you're helping the kids up too, out too. We're over $900 right now, and we still have a lot of year to go, so thank you all so much. Uh, patreon.com slash remember the game and you can find me on twitch if you're interested i'm over there twitch.tv slash remember the game a couple of nights a week sometimes i'm gaming sometimes i just build legos and you can just i talk life and watch hockey and build legos uh so you can come by go to twitch.tv and look for remember the game not remember and that's enough blowing myself let's blow some of you by blowing in our cartridges it is our opening segment on the show i read a few comments and questions from our patrons usually gaming related but not always and we call this segment blowing in the cartridge he blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Master Vivi, who wrote in and said, Keeping with the theme of Castlevania, what game drives you crazy the most on enemy hitback, most likely into a pit? Mine is a little NES title called Battle of Olympus. P.S. Congratulations on number one in Canada. Yeah, we were the number one video game in Canada. Like a week ago. I think we're number four in the U.S. right now on the leisure charts. So we're fucking beasts. So thank you, Vivian. Thanks to all of you, by the way, for listening and helping us get there. I'm fucking wild. Uh, so what game drives me crazy the most on enemy hitback? Um, you know what? It probably is Castlevania. The, the original Castlevania. Those motherfucking Medusa heads are just the biggest load of cheese of all time. And then the stairs don't catch you because the stairs in Castlevania, at least in the early games, don't fucking work. So it would either be Castlevania or the other one that jumps into my mind is Ninja Gaiden. But Castlevania makes me substantially angrier than Ninja does. So that's my answer. The fucking knockback is such garbage. Fucking Castlevania. Thanks for writing in, uh, Vivi. 
That Bailey guy wrote in and said, hey, Adam, a non-gaming related question. With the Stanley Cup playoffs just getting underway, who do you think will make it to the Cup Finals and who do you want to see in the Cup Finals? Uh, so, yeah, if you don't know, I am a Canadian. So this is part of my uh, I um, it's, it's part of our Constitution or our Bill of Rights or whatever it is we have here in Canada. I'm legally required to tell you who I think will win the Cup. Uh, I think the Stanley Cup Finals will come down to Colorado and Carolina, and I'm picking Colorado in six. Who do I want to see in the Cup Finals? Uh, I would, I really would like to see Colorado. So I'm going to say Colorado and Florida is who I'd like to see in the finals. Either way, I think Colorado wins. They're my pick to win the cup. I think they're just, they're fucking beasts. Uh, thanks for writing in, uh, Bailey guy. The 16 bit big boss wrote in and said, Harvest Moon 64 is the game I want to see on the Nintendo 64 online service most, which got me thinking, did you ever get into the farming slash slice of life? sims a la harvest moon slash story of season i know you said you're afraid to touch stardew valley because you get sucked in but i love them they're my favorite no pressure just chill games to play thanks for the show farmer blank i listen when i'm working in my real life garden i can't wait for my hot peppers to come in ready in a few months hell yeah um i don't play a lot of those i've the only like farming type game i could think of that i've played i guess it's not even farming but it's uh i played animal crossing I know it's not totally farming. I played Animal Crossing New Leaf on my 3DS quite a bit when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. And then, as I've told the story on here a few times, I'm a recovering Minecraft addict. I don't play it anymore, uh, or very rarely. Uh, so, no, I've never played anything Harvest Moon or any of those other games. I've never played Stardew Valley. Not because I don't think they're good. People are always telling me they're great. I have zero doubt they're great. That's precisely why I won't touch them. My backlog has become a being on itself and it's going to fall on me and kill me someday. And I just can't afford to lose hundreds of hours into one of those games when I need to keep up on the backlog. So yeah, the only one I can think of I've played is Animal Crossing New Leaf. And I don't know if you'd consider that a farming game, but that's probably the closest one outside of Minecraft itself. Uh, thanks for writing in big boss. Good luck with your hot peppers. Last minute hero wrote in and said, Hey Adam, have you ever heard of or used retro achievements when playing classic games for your podcasts? I found out about the website myself about two years ago when I switched an emulation machine front end to LaunchBox, And there was a retro score at the very top where it redirected me to retroachievements.org, And I signed up. The site has been around for a few years, but pretty much they break down the code of games that do not have achievements and create goals and leaderboards that are similar to that of the Xbox achievement system or PlayStation trophy system. I always had a hard time going back and staying interested in playing retro games, but having retro achievements attached to my emulators, it's breathed new life into all the titles that I used to love. I'm currently ranked 1163rd out of over 400. Is that? So the number that's written here is 40, 5444. But I'm assuming it's 405,000. It's either 405,444 or 40,544 registered tracked users. Either way, to be in the top 1,100 of that is pretty good. And I've been working my way up the leaderboard for the past two years or so. I encourage you and any of your listeners to check it out if you have a love of retro games and achievement hunting as games are added daily by creators. Would love to see you show up on the leaderboard one day. Cheers. Um, you know what? Last minute hero, retroachievements.org is a website that's come up a few times because I've talked about how I wish Nintendo had like an achievement slash trophy system for their NES and SNES online games. And with PlayStation rolling out all of these new classic titles are going to be adding to PS Plus soon. I've been saying I wish that they would go back and add trophy to support some of them because I'm not a big trophy or achievements guy, but I love retro games and that would be the one I'm interested in. Uh, I don't use retroachievements.org, but a vast majority of the retro games I play these days aren't emulated. Um, between the, the classic collections releasing everywhere, my collection of physical classic consoles, it's starting to grow unintentionally. Uh, stuff like Nintendo Online and things like that. 
I play games on the up and I'm not dunking on those of you that use ROMs, but I play games on the up and up absolutely whenever possible. Uh, and obviously I can't install this hardware, you know, on a fucking Nintendo 64 or whatever, uh, to do that. But yeah, if any of you are interested, go to retroachievements.org. It's a really cool thing. If you're a trophy or achievement hunter, uh, and you like retro games, it's a really, really cool website that we probably should have brought up on here a long time ago. Cause people have bring it up in our community for a while. So thanks for that last minute hero. Much appreciated. Chalupa Cabra wrote in and said, all right, Adam, be honest. Does vertical noise know who you are or do they have no clue that this amazing group of podcasts of yours even exists? I only ask because the thought of these guys rambly, randomly stumbling across dozens of stories you've told of them trashing your place or getting stuck in an airport and having no clue who you are is absolutely hilarious. So for those of you that don't know, Game Patch, one of the Patreon exclusive shows we do, is uh, the, the theme song for that podcast is called a certain host of a certain talk show and is provided by a, a uk uh, rock band named Vert called vertical noise and uh, no they do know who we are actually they were um one of the members of the band i don't know if he still is or not so dan if you're hearing this i'm sorry if i'm throwing shade i really don't know but one of the members of the band was like one of our earliest patreon supporters and uh we just got talking and he sent me a link to some of their music and i loved that song and i was like because like one of the main lines in a certain host of a certain talk show is i've got several episodes of experience which makes me an expert and i was like yo could i use this for my game patch podcast and they said sure and they initially asked me to make fun of them over a joke about using nicholas cage's private plane uh so i did and then when they said i could drop that joke i just kept the show it's almost become our like how the simpsons write something new on the chalkboard every week that's kind of become my vertical noise stories over on Game Patch. So yes, they do know who we are. And uh, yes, that, that would be fucking hilarious. Yeah, if it was just some random band that I was fucking with. But they know who I am. Thanks, Chalupa Cabra. Banjo the Bear said, Mr. Blank, what's been one of the most difficult games you've recently played? Uh, without question, Tunic. Without question. I haven't decided if I'm going to review Tunic or not yet, but I just finished it. And the first, if you don't know what it is, it's an indie game. It's on Game Pass. I played it on Xbox. Um kind of like a modernized link to the past uh aesthetic isometric very very challenging game most of it the combat isn't challenging trying to figure out where you're supposed to go and solving puzzles is challenging but the final boss almost made me break a controller it was fucking vicious and i like my games tough but that pushed me to my fucking limit so tunic without i haven't decided if i'm gonna review it or not because i haven't decided if that final boss ruined the experience for me or not tunic most difficult game i've played in quite a while Thank you, Banjo the Bear. And finally, before we move on from the segment, it's letter time. It's letter time. Bryce Jones wrote into us and said, Hey, Adam, I've seen a lot of posts about indie games on here, so I did the right thing and wrote another post about it. After I got my Switch back from being fixed, the first thing I did was crack open the e-store. As I sat staring at the screen deciding how to spend my hard-earned lunch money, I began to wonder, is it worth it to buy a AAA title for 80 bucks or for the same price a few random indie games? On one hand, you know a lot of care and production went into the big title and it's usually a safe buy. On the other hand, the same amount of care could have went into those indie games, but without proper reviews, it's hard to tell do i play one good game and know it's good or do i play three indies and hope for the best at the same time struggling studios producing these games need our support unlike the big guys but i feel like without proper reviews or press coverage they don't get it and these great indie games fall by the wayside i would like to hear your opinion anyway i gotta go i have the northern lights centralized entirely within my kitchen right now bryce you got letter of the letter time letter for that northern lights fucking plug that was that's a nine out of ten fucking sneak in simpsons reference bra like i'm bowing you can't see it well done um 
For anyone that doesn't know, and I think most of you do, I am a huge supporter of indie gaming. I love. I started probably with Rogue Legacy on my PS4 years ago, and I have just fallen in love with indie games. And some of my legitimate favorite games of all time, Slay the Spire, Shovel Knight, Into the Breach. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Nobody Saves the World, I just finished. I love a good indie game. And you're right. You get so much bang for your buck with some of these at a just smoking discounted price. And a lot of them are being developed by people like our, I don't know how old all of you listening to this are, but I'm 38. And I get a lot of messages from people that grew up in the 80s and 90s playing NES, SNES, Genesis, 64, PlayStation, like I did. Um, a ton of the people making these indie games grew up playing those games. And you could see the inspiration clear as day in their indie titles. And they're fucking excellent. You're, I the good reviews are out there. What I would recommend anyone that's interested, I'm always willing to talk indie games. Feel free to yell at me. Um, do your homework, do some research. Just look up lists of best indie games. If you've got Game Pass, there's a ton of great indie games on there. Hollow Knight is a fucking another one. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I get why some people think that indie gaming is doing a lot of harm because it's almost becoming shovelware and there's so much crap. I don't disagree. There's a ton a ton of crap out there but sprinkled in the crap are legitimately some of the best games released in the last 10 years so if you were to act, like if i'm sitting there with my nintendo switch and my choice is mario odyssey or three indie games for two-thirds of the price i'm i'm honestly gonna go with the three indie games assuming that they're three good indie games so there's indie games covering every genre i implore you do a little bit of homework there are reviews out there a ton of smaller youtubers do a lot of reviews of indie games as well and, um, that's something I would like to get more into. I just don't have fucking time to do it. Uh, do your homework, but I, yeah, uh, indie games, like, plus you're chancing 20 bucks or 20 or 15 or 30 or whatever, as opposed to that $80 for that big AAA game and that big AAA game, unless, you know, Nintendo doesn't, but most big AAA games are going to end up on sale anyway. And you can grab some indie games to support an independent studio. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to, I beat the indie drum hard. So I say, check them out for sure. Anyway, thank you for all the submissions and blowing in the cartridge this week, everybody. Let's keep the show moving, and let's get into our Smash Hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week, I give our listeners three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. And as always, there are no wrong answers. There is a right one, though. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. And we're talking Castlevania this week, so why not pull three more Vanias of the castle variety into the hot seats? Our contestants this time around are Castlevania 3 for the NES, Super Castlevania 4 for the SNES, and Castlevania Bloodlines for the Sega Genesis. And it was a runaway this week. 40% of our patrons said you play Super Castlevania 4, you remake Castlevania 3, and you erase Castlevania Bloodlines, which is not what I would do. But this is a tough week because the only one of these I've really played is Super Castlevania 4, and I love that game, and I hate erasing games that I haven't played, but I'm not erasing Super Castlevania 4, so I have to fuck one of the games that I love over. Uh, but let me see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Tatum Barnett wrote in and said, so this week, I'm going to consume Castlevania 4 because it really was a great game for the SNES. I'm going to remake Castlevania 3 for the NES because it was just an amazing game, And the, but, the, but I'd remake the graphic fidelity... What? Uh, oh, but I would remake it in the graphic fidelity of Metroid Dread and then just nuke Castlevania Bloodlines. I never played it, and I've always been a Genesis hater. 
So it has to go. That's not, no, fuck that, man. Double secret probation, Tatum. You you keep your anti-Genesis-isms to yourself, Barnett, okay? There's no, the Genesis is fucking welcome here. If you're a Saturnian, if you're one of those Sega Saturnian freaks, well, you're just, a, you're a monster. But no, there's no Sega Genesis hate up in my fucking kitchen. So double secret probation, you fucking not lawyer, lawyer sounding motherfucker. Um, and anyone doesn't know, Tatum Barnett, that sounds like a lawyer's name. Zach Fazio wrote in and said, play Castlevania 3 because I never have, and the NES did them great back in the day. Remake Super Castlevania 4 because I can't erase 2, them the rules, and I would erase Castlevania Bloodlines. The cover art honks, and it's on Sega. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not putting you on probation for hating on the Genesis because the cover art honks just legitimately made me laugh. That's a sweet, I've never heard, I don't know if I've ever heard the cover art honks. I like that. Uh, Nathaniel Silvestri wrote in and said, Hot take. Super Castlevania 4 sucked donkey balls. It broke away from the formula of 1 and 3 in a really weird way in that you can swing your bull, your whip multi-directionally and your jump is smoother, but the game is no longer designed around your whip wind-up and your crappy junk, jump arc. It quickly becomes another lazily designed platformer. I'm going to play Bloodlines because I've heard good things. I'm going to remake 3 because it'd be sick to give it the indie retro polish and I'm going to throw Super Castlevania 4 in the fucking garbage disposal where it belongs come at me you know what a few people wrote in Duncan on super castlevania 4 i know some people hate because they're like oh it's too easy and it's for babies but it's like it's fun i like super castlevania 4 by that said i didn't play a lot of the nes ones so maybe i'll go back and play castlevania 3 someday and then be like you're right super castlevania 4 does suck but right now i like super castlevania 4 red hood todd Wrote in and said, love, remember the game and all the extra content you kick out. Thank you. I'll try to keep this short and simple. Hardly ever do, but I'll try. See, you already aren't, Todd. This is the problem. You're already not keeping it short and simple because you fucking, you spent the first sentence telling me you love the show. Thank you. You spent the second sentence telling me you'll keep it short and you hardly ever do it, but you'll try. Like, just fucking, ooh. That's the comedian in me. As a comedian, you learn to cut the, you cut all the fat out of your jokes. Like when you come up, if I wanted to tell a joke about how I went to the barber last week and accidentally ate hair, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I was sitting around last week and my hair was getting long. And I thought to myself, maybe I should get it cut. So then I tied an onion to my butt, which was his style at the time. No. Anyway, Red Hood, see, we'd be done your comment by now if you didn't get me going on about onions on belts. Red Hood Todd wrote in and said, I would play Castlevania 4. It's a great game, although I didn't play a lot of it. So maybe it's out of a desire to go back and finish it. Castlevania 3 needs a remake. It just does. Sorry, Bloodlines, but you're erased. Growing up, I had a Sega at my mom's and NES at my dad's and my mother would not get me this game or even let me rent it because she didn't like the looks of it. She thought it may be too violent, which made no sense as we own Mortal Kombat. So maybe it's just revenge for a childhood burn. But Bloodlines... I won't miss something I never played. Sorry, kind of. Man, everyone is dunking on Castlevania Bloodlines. And I thought this game was supposed to be good. People have been telling me this is a good game. And everyone's just fucking erasing it. It's unreal. Phil M wrote in. Phil, you're getting red just because you said you played Bloodlines. That's That, that was enough to get you on the show. Phil M wrote in and said, I play Bloodlines because I never played it before. That's how it's done. That's how you do it. Remake Castlevania 3 because I never played it before and erase Castlevania 4 because I never played it before. You fucking, fucking, I didn't even read the rest of your fucking comment, Phil. I just saw I'd play Bloodlines because I never played it before. And it turns out 
You've made all three picks because you never played it before. You're never fucking playing again. Double secret probation. Get the fuck out of here. And Smitty wrote in and said, I've lied. Aw- I've laid awake many nights asking myself this very question, and I'm glad you finally asked it. Play Super Castlevania. The game is probably one of the best Castlevania games ever made, and changing anything about it would ruin it. Remake Castlevania 3. I loved this game as a kid, and playing it on the Switch with updated graphics would be great, so I guess you have to get rid of Bloodlines. There's nothing wrong with this game except that level that makes you think your Sega was glitching, but it's the weakest of the three, so it got to go. I didn't know that was a thing. I'll have to remember that so I don't think that my fucking Genesis Classic is broken when I finally get around to playing it. So thanks thanks for all those uh, opinions. But none of you are right. A whopping 8% of you went the same way I did this week, including Rainbow Rooster 4, who said, Play Castlevania Bloodlines. It's the only one here I haven't played, so I'll give it a shot. Remake Super Castlevania. That is still my favorite game in the series, and the graphics still blow me away with the 3D illusions throughout, but I'd take a remake of it as well. Erase Castlevania 3. I don't hate this game at all, but it wasn't my favorite. I definitely prefer it over 2, but not over 1. I don't necessarily have the same reasoning, Rainbow Rooster 4, but I do have the same order. I myself will play Castlevania Bloodlines because I never have, and I hate erasing games that I haven't played, particularly Genesis games, because I'm still learning what the Genesis is all about. So I'm not erasing a Genesis game that I haven't played. I'm going to remake Super Castlevania 4, and I'm just going to make it a Metroidvania like Aria of Sorrow and Symphony of the Night. Same graphics and everything, just make it a Metroidvania. I'm going to erase Castlevania 3, and I normally don't erase games that I haven't played. Um, Castlevania 3 looks fucking awesome. It really does. But I have Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, and I love it. And everyone says it's basically a clone of Castlevania 3. So if I can live, if I have to live without Castlevania 3, I can, because I can play Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. But I don't want to erase any of them either. Uh, thank you to everyone that wrote in and played this week. Let me tell you what I've been playing over the last seven days, and then we'll get into talking Aria of Sorrow. Uh, I've been playing Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest to record my latest edition of Adam Sucks at Video Games, my Let's Play series. That should be live by the time you hear this, although it might be going live a day or so after you hear this. But if you just go to youtube.com slash remember the game, you can find all of my Let's Plays over there, including the newest the newest one, Donkey Kong Country 2 Diddy's Conquest. Uh, I also mentioned it already, but I was playing Tunic on the Xbox. I just finished it. Fucking, oh, that final boss haunts me in my dreams, but it was a really fun game until then. I'm still playing Final Fantasy Tactics to get ready for Remember the Game number 200. You're not going to know anything about it until I get there. And now I'm playing Pokemon Gold and Fable to get ready for the podcast as well. Uh, So I'm not playing anything else. Nothing else is getting added to my gameplay plate for a couple of weeks. Until I finish at least one of Final Fantasy Tactics, Pokemon Gold, or Fable, no new games are getting added because I gotta get at least one of these fucking RPGs off my plate. I just... Oh my God. I don't love them and I'm playing so fucking many of them right now. So I gotta finish one. So anyway... There you go. Let's talk Aria of Sorrow. That's why you kids are here. I like to give some of you a chance to share your opinions of a game before uh, I take over the mic and hog it and talk about it with myself. So uh, a couple of your comments here. Anthony Jordan wrote in and said, Dude, this was my first Castlevania game and it totally holds a special place in my heart. So many hours playing this game, getting frustrated at parts, throwing my GBA at the couch and having my older brother help me out. I would love another physical copy of this eventually. Aria of Sorrow, Metroid Fusion, and Pokemon Sapphire pretty much sums up 5th and 6th grade for me. That, Anthony, I can sure I speak for a lot of our listeners when I'm like, that makes me feel old as fucking dirt. 5th and 6th grade. The GBA didn't even come out till I was at, like graduated high school and a, a grown up. 5th and 6th grade. Fuck me. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, Johnny CCD, speaking of old people, wrote in and said, Bro, I had someone suggest this game to me last year. I started playing it around the Halloween season. But I have to say, man, I wish I discovered it back in the day of its release. It is massive, completely open, entirely satisfying. I love all the weapons and character descriptions in this one. Truly a gem on the GBA, and in my opinion, worth the admission price for the collection on the Switch. A must-play for Castlevania or Metroidvania fans. 
I don't disagree with a single word you just said, Johnny. I agree with all of that. Michael Matthews wrote in and said, love to see some GBA representation on the show. Aria of Sorrow is my first Castlevania game post-Symphony of the Night, and I believe that they adapted the Metroid-style gameplay well for a game centered around whips and magic. Fucking, I think it's better than Symphony of the Night. I think that they cleaned up a lot of the shit I hated about Symphony of the Night made it better. Uh, and Chalupa Cabra wrote in and said, played through this on my Switch recently, and for the most part, I really enjoyed it. I feel like they had a hard time balancing the game in terms of difficulty, though. The first hour or so of the game I found very frustrating and difficult due to the lack of abilities, health, and being so far away from save locations as you explore. Then within 30 seconds of gameplay, you get the double jump ability, the fast travel, and the item shop, and all of a sudden, the game felt way too easy. That being said, I had a great time playing it and would recommend it to anyone who's a fan of the genre. I actually don't disagree with that. Yeah, the earliest parts of this game will fuck you up. It took me forever to find a save room. But yeah, once you start gaining some power, I was pretty well on cruise control until the final, final secret boss, which we're going to get into in a minute. That final, final boss fed me my ass for a while, but uh, no, great game. So thanks. Uh, I, I agree with what you're all saying. It's a great fucking game on a great console and everybody should play it. Now, normally on these sponsored episodes, I give the sponsoree a chance to come on. Or am I the sponsoree? They're the sponsorer. They have a chance to come on the show and talk about the game that they sponsored and why they picked it and stuff like that. Uh, I talked to Tin Smasher about it and he respectfully bowed out, said he just wanted to kick back, relax and enjoy the episode. And he was just excited to hear me talk about a game that he loves so much. Uh, so Tin Smasher, thank you again, my brother, for your generosity. Put your hammer down or whatever, whatever item one smashes tin with. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the podcast because Bradley McHugh and I are going to talk about Castlevania Ari of Sorrow. I am going to queue up some music. And when it stops, we're going to look back at this beauty of a Metroidvania, which originally released on that sweet-ass little GBA back on May 6, 2003, almost 20 years ago. Holy fuck. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, this this is a special episode to me, and I want to explain why. First of all, joining me via the blank phone, returning to the show, frequent guest on the show, uh, it's my buddy uh, Bradley McHugh. So I'll, I'll ask you before we get into anything, how are you, Bradley? How's life? I'm doing great, honestly. I'm doing great. I've got a lot of time to play video games lately, so that's pretty much what I've been doing. That's perfect. Uh, As the rest of the world opens up and everyone goes back to normalcy, you're like, I have more time than ever to stay home and play video games. I'm, I'm going back into quarantine. <laughs> yeah, <my> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, we need to come up with a new pandemic so we can all stay home and play video games again. I, um, we don't need that, by the way. I'm joking. For the love of God, please don't make us all lock in the house. Please. Um. So the, the reason I'm excited about this episode is because you were my guest for Castlevania uh, Symphony of the Night, which I should have That's had right. in front of me what episode that was, but it wasn't too, too long ago. It was ago. like 170 something. I, I don't remember. All right. So it's, yeah, it was like, you know, four or five, six months, whatever. And, yeah. and everybody was on me. They were like, you got to play Castlevania Symphony tonight. This is what, you love Metroidvanias. This is the Metroidvania. And as, if you haven't, if you don't know, I implore you, I just looked it up. It's episode, I think, 182. Go back and listen. Uh, I did not care for Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I thought it was okay. But the fact that half that game is hidden, I'm not going to rehash this. You all know exactly. If you don't know what I thought, go listen to it, and then you can yell at me like three quarters of the fucking internet did after that episode yeah, went he- live. 
You guys, you guys are totally okay to yell at Adam for his super wrong opinion about Symphony of the Night. Well, me, bring it on. I won't change my <laughs> mind. I stand by it. And you know what? There were some people that came out of the woodwork and they were just like, hey, I'm not going to say anything publicly because I don't want to take the shit that you did. But I just want you to know I don't like that game either. And that made me feel so much better. Unbelievable. I took one for the team and I stood up and I'm going to bring change to this planet someday. And we're going to explain why Symphony of the Night is not the greatest video game of all time. Having said all that, and I wanted to get that out there, Bradley and I sternly butted heads on our Symphony of the Night uh, opinions. But then Ari of Sorrow came along. And once again, as I will have already said in the intro, massive shout out to my boy Tin Smasher, one of our patrons for sponsoring this episode and making me play this game. Because Aria of Sorrow, which you yourself told me I should play as well, Bradley. Ari, sure did. Aria of Sorrow is everything I wanted Symphony of the Night to be. I don't understand why everyone is over there sucking the Symphony of the Night dick when Aria is right there looking so hot in the moonlight and everything. Guys, don't play Symphony oh, no. of the Night. Play Aria of Sorrow. This game is fucking spectacular. I have Adam. practically nothing wrong to say about this game. It's Adam. so good. Go ahead. I've I'm got, done. I've got terrible news, buddy. I think... I think we're going to butt heads again. Here. Well, that's fine. You're bound to be wrong <laughs> once in a while. Dude, this game kicks so much ass. And we're going to get into why. I promise everybody. But let I, me just say, I just quickly want to just... I just... I get a lot of shit for not covering enough PS2 games, which I'm slowly rendering and slowly playing more. And I take a lot of shit for not covering as many GBA games as I should. And I never really played GBA back in the day. Same thing. I am slowly catching up and playing more of them. Before we get into Aria of Sorrow and whether or not we agree on this game or not, can we all just collectively agree that the Game Boy Advance was a fucking beast? Like Yeah, oh, oh yeah, absolutely. This is something I was really excited to talk about because I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Um and I think the GBA might be my third favorite game console ever next to the Switch and the Super Nintendo. I it's so underrated. The the games on the Game Boy Advance like there's an amazing Zelda game. There's a few great Castlevania games. There's Wario Land 4, there's... Uh, Metroid Fusion uh, kicks ass. Metroid Fusion and, and Zero Mission, which is also tight. Um, I, I feel like I'm missing some... Mario Party Advance is pretty fun, Mario, surprisingly. Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Mario yeah, Golf. Yeah, yeah, Mario Golf on the Game Boy Advance is excellent. Like, why, why do we not talk about how great this library... Oh, Golden Sun 1 and 2. I hear... Like, I haven't played those, but I people are always on me to play those games. Golden Sun rules. It's like it's it's very much like they modified the Final Fantasy genre to the Game Boy Advance pretty much flawlessly. It's awesome. Oh, killer. Yeah, I just I just quickly wanted to say like for all of you that have been on me to play more GBA, like I'm going to. I promise. I didn't play it back in the day, but like every time I sit down and play this fucking thing like these days I'm like, "Holy fuck. This thing is like a Super Nintendo on steroids in your pocket." Like what an yeah, incredible almost, little console it was! Oh, it's fuck. it's almost like there's an amazing Zelda game that you've never played that one of your frequent guests has been constantly reminding you of. Four Swords Adventure? No, Minish Cap. I know, I know, I know. You I, and, I, <laughs> and I will, I promise. At some point, I'm going to play that, and then you and your brother can fight over who gets to be on. No, I think I think we already agreed you were going to be on that one. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that one's got to be me. But anyway, let, but, let's talk about Area of Sorrow. Yeah, we'll get into Sorrow. I just wanted to say, like, holy fuck, man. Props to the GBA. What a beast of a console. Now It's, it's very good. Now, like, 
So one thing I learned is that, so just for the record, I played this game on the Castlevania Advanced Collection on my Switch. So, yeah, me too. Okay, so I don't know. I assume it's a probably a pretty uh, knowing Konami, port. like knowing Konami, it's probably a one to one. Like they don't really put work into games anymore. No, no they so. don't. But you know what though? <laughs> I will say shout out to Konami because like the Castlevania collection, the the Contra collection, and the Castlevania Advance collection are all excellent. Uh, Absolutely. Classic game compilations. But one thing I wanted to say as we get into this game is like. Growing up, I didn't play a lot of Castlevania. I only ever played the original one a little bit. Um, and then I, I've beaten Super Castlevania 4. I've beaten Symphony of the Night, kind of. And uh, now I've beaten this one. Those are the only Castlevania games I've played. And, like, I really like this game. I have a lot of good things to say about it. But just I just want to get it out there, and I'm not dunking on Castlevania. I don't think I'm a big Castlevania fan. Like, I don't think they're Ooh. bad. I'm not dunking on them. I don't want to take any shit for not liking them. I just, like, I don't care about Dracula. Like, I don't care about that fucking idiot. And I just, like, they're fine <laughs> games. But, like, and I like playing as Simon in Smash Brothers, too. I just, like, I think I'm slowly learning that, like, I'm I'm not a big, like, they're okay. I just, I like them better, I think. Like, this, I think this is now my favorite. Of the ones that I've played, this is my new favorite Castlevania. This one is my, uh, like, as somebody who's played a lot of Castlevania, this one's my second favorite next to... Oh boy, you're not Sym gonna like this. Symphony of the Night. Symphony of the Night yeah. is my is my favorite, and I really do want to talk about like why I believe, um, uh, why I believe that Symphony of the Night is better than Area of Sorrow. Like okay. that's really that's really what I want to what I want to bring down here. That being said, like I also don't want to disparage Area of Sorrow. I don't want anyone to. Could walk away from this podcast thinking I don't love Area of Sorrow. I do. No, it's quite rad. dearly actually. It's like, a it's a very good game. Let me say too, like, um, again, my my Castlevania knowledge is very very limited. But like, I have played some of Castlevania one. I played some of Castlevania three a little bit. I really want to play that one. I think it looks awesome. I did love Super Castlevania four, but like even Symphony of the Night, which I had beef with, uh. When this, and I think Symphony of Nights probably when it happened, when this franchise really transitioned from like an, a side-scrolling action game to like a Metroidvania, hence the Vania part of Metroidvania, uh, like the franchise gets better that way. Like there's so much, like I, I like them so much better exploring this giant castle and getting new abilities and going back as opposed to like level one, level two, level three, like that kind I, of stuff. I agree. There, like there's so many level one, level two, level three games out there, like Get away from that form. It is more fun as a whole, exploring a giant castle and looking for stuff. Um, in my opinion, Absolutely. To totally. I think this fits. I think this fits the motif of this series really well. Yeah. So now I'll, I'll ask you because, like, one thing about this game, as we actually now that we're ten minutes in and we actually start talking about fucking area of sorrow, um, I, I have no fucking idea what's going on. I know okay, you're in like so a I'm, castle in the sky or something. I have no idea. So I'm so glad you brought this up because when we talked Symphony of the Night, you said, so I don't know Castlevania that well. So what's the story like? And I said, it's fine in Symphony of the Night. Uh, this is when the story gets um, really dumb. Yeah. What I the fuck say. is, like, can you tell me what's going on? Cause I'm lost. Okay. Not really, but sort of okay. there's like, <sighs> This is just going to sound so stupid, and the reason it's going to sound stupid is because it is. Um, basically, what's going on is that to conceal in 1999, um, 
1999, they sealed Dracula's castle behind a solar eclipse. I don't really know how that works, but okay. I'll buy. I'll bite. Sure. So they sealed Dracula's castle behind an eclipse. But, like, why would you seal Dracula's castle behind an eclipse? Those happen, like, pretty frequently. So, like, every time an eclipse happens, it, it comes back. But wait, so, like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So if his castle's behind an eclipse, then where the fuck does it go for all the time when there isn't an eclipse? Dude, I don't know. I, I have no idea, dude. I don't know how it works. What the but fuck? Okay. The right, big the big problem with this story is the characters. First of all, Soma Cruz kind of sucks. And here's why. Um, Soma Cruz is kind of nothing. Whereas, like, Alucard was kind of like a stoic badass. He actually had stakes in Dracula. Soma accidentally stumbled upon Dracula's castle, and now he's just there. Now, wait, just I let guess. me confirm. So, like, so I know that Soma is the guy you play as in this game. Is Alucard, yes. that's the guy from Symphony of the Night? Correct, yeah. Okay, got it, okay. Um, but so the problem that I have so much with uh, Soma as a character is that not only is he kind of nothing, he's also sort of an idiot. And, like, he talks so fucking much and has nothing to say. Like, every time he opens his – I don't know if you noticed this, but I was like, this is bizarre. Every time he opens his question or his or opens his mouth, it's a question. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's always like, what's going on? Where am I? Well, but Who like, is this? <laughs> I felt like that about every character in this fucking game, though. Like, and I'm not shitting on this game. I like this game. And I don't listen. I want to just get this out of the way. Like, my favorite uh, games are Mario. And we all know the story to Mario is like a one out of ten. So, like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to dunk on a game for a bad story if the action and stuff is fun, which this game it is. So the story doesn't really even matter to me. But I will say that, like, every time there was dialogue in this game, I was like, this is stupid because it was like yeah like Soma <laughs> yeah, would run yeah. into like just some guy that looks like Colonel Sanders and then he would run into like some woman and then he'd run into this fucking other like Dracula is- fighting guy and then here's this fucking angry merchant who looks like the Jewish military guy from Seinfeld like the guy that like for anyone that watches Seinfeld, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like that's who the that's who the sales guy looked like. But they're all just having like he would have like these casual conversations where yeah he was like I don't know where I am, but then he'd also be like okay see you later I gotta go now goodbye. And I was just like is anyone got any urgency to what's happening here? You're in a fucking castle in some weird dimension where apparently the biggest baddest vampire of all time is living here, and you're all just like hey man good to see you like what the shit? <laughs> so like I didn't bother me, but I just I was just like why like. I would have preferred no dial, like just the original Castlevania. All I know is I'm going through to kill a vampire. Like it could have just been that and I would have been fine with it. I don't Absolutely. understand that part. So, okay. Absolutely. Which, which brings us to Graham Jones, who's the main antagonist of this game. And like, who gives a shit? Mm. Like, they, they built him up as, like, a protagonist, like, sort of like one of the fucking 50 people that come and help you in this game. And, um, they build him up as like sort of like kind of uh, like a nice guy who's like helping you out. But then as soon as he starts to see you as a threat, he's like tricked you revealed. I'm actually the bad guy. And it's, and when they reveal that Graham Jones is the bad guy, you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, who, who is this guy? What's yeah. Whatever. He's the bad guy now. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and there's actually like a moment in the story that I really want to talk about because Every time I play this game, I'm like, that's 
fucking weird that that happened. There's a part where you walk into this hallway and oh, Graham hey, sorry, Jones, just quick, sorry, just quickly as a yeah. heads up, everybody, like we're probably gonna get into some spoilers. Oh yeah, so, there's gonna be we're, just yeah, a we're heads up. About, for yeah. what it's worth, the spoilers aren't gonna matter because you're probably not gonna understand what's happening anyway. But we are yeah, gonna spoil. Doesn't shit. matter. Yeah. Just wanted to get that out there. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So there's like a scene where you walk into this corridor and there's like these two different girls, and I don't know if I could tell you what the difference between the two girls are. I think one's like Mirna or Mina or something, and then the other one is named Yoko. And uh, there's like the scene where you walk in and Graham Jones and Yoko are just standing in this hallway for some reason. And then Graham Jones fucking stabs her. Do you remember this? I don't think I do. And I just so played Gra it like a week ago, but I don't, I don't remember this. <laughs> So Graham Jones stabs Yoko and then she's just, and then he's like, ha ha ha. And then he leaves and uh, she's just like, fine. She's just like, like he didn't get her in a good place to like kill her. So they're like, yeah, she's going to be fine. You go on. And it's like, then what's the point? Yeah. Well, what was the point of this whole interaction? Like, yeah, I agree with you. Like that was like, I, I got to like, I mean, I'm sure I'll think of, oh no, I definitely have a couple other small things, but like my biggest gripe with this game was just that like, I don't really get what's going on. Having said that, like, it's not that big of gripe because I don't particularly care. I just yeah, want to have fun either. and play the game. But like I don't entirely understand what the fuck is going on. It's like on. it's like if someone was like, "Oh man, I don't like Super Metroid because of the story." And it's like, "Then you missed the point." Yeah, like it really feels like the story is like a, a afterthought and yeah. it doesn't really matter. I will say that like there there's like a fair amount of dialogue in this game, but like to its credit, it's super fast. Like it's it's I didn't feel like it was never one of those moments where I was just like, for fuck's sakes, let's go. Like, I just want to play the game. Like, I did always want the dialogue to be over. Me too. You know, like, but it was like, usually I, but, fairly quick. Yeah, it was usually like 30 seconds. And it was like, okay, I learned something there, I'm sure. But let's move on. Yeah. And I will just say, again, because we're talking spoilers. The one thing about this game and this story that I actually thought was kind of neat. And I might be... <laughs> I just feel so stupid. Like we literally just recorded the final fantasy seven episode. That'll have already gone live by the time you guys hear this one. And I felt stupid talking about that one too. Cause I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on with Zach. And now we're getting into this. <laughs> like the only thing about it that I think is kind of neat is like Soma becomes Dracula. Like that's why he's there because he ends up being Dracula or something. And he like has the power to like suck up souls from all these other monsters and stuff, which I think is a great something, mechanic, but something like that. There's like, they're like halfway through the game, they're like this character Jay who's been helping. Oh, this is a big spoiler. So this character Jay who's been helping you is actually Julius Belmont. And you're like, oh, that's cool. I got a Belmont on my side. And then after you beat Graham Jones, Julius is just like, we're fighting now. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? Yeah, but that's Why? because, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, but he wants to fight you because he's like, you're going to become Dracula, right? Yeah, I, I guess I guess that actually kind of makes sense. Like he's like, I'm sorry, uh, but like, like maybe I'm. It doesn't. Okay, like I don't want to spend any more time talking about this. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I think that Castlevania games. I think it would have been cooler if it was always the original Dracula and it was just different generations, like Legend of Zelda. Like it's it's the same Ganon with different people coming with the Master Sword, right, or whatever, or whatever the yeah. fucking the the lore is there. I think that would have been cool if it's just the same Dracula all the time and it's just different generations of Belmonts or whatever coming to stop him. But like find out that soma is like a belmont cousin or something like it anyway it doesn't does it's fine yeah. it's just there for the reason like for the sake of giving you a reason to be in this fucking castle um, now this game this game much like symphony of night does have 
multiple endings. Yes, but um, I. Oh, but fuck. it doesn't matter in this one. No, I will. Like, okay, I, I just, I'm not gonna beat the dead horse of my dislike of Symphony of the Night. But for if you've not listened to that episode or you don't know Symphony of the Night, the second half of the game is kind of hidden, and if you don't know it's there, you can. I missed it. Until after mm-hmm. I looked it up. And that's what I will say about this game is that there are four endings, but like the first ending is super easy to find. The alternate playthrough is Julius. It tells you about when you're done. And then the third and fourth endings I did look up, but they're not an entire second castle or level. And I'm not, I'm really not trying to dunk on symphony of the night right now. I'm just saying that like the extra content in this one is basically just two additional boss fights. Like, yeah, and they're like- not, it's not, they didn't put 40% of the game hidden type. Yeah. Thing. Which is, which is good. Cause I did, I got the Graham Jones ending um, where, where the last boss is Graham Jones. And then I got the ending where the last boss is chaos. Mm-hmm. And like, they're not that different. Like no. dude, fucking the, the outcome's the same. Yeah. The cool oh, chaos. <laughs> chaos. Okay. So like we've been trying to come up with a word. For and every gamer has experienced this fucking phenomenon where you are stuck on a level or a boss or something for hours, and then the next day you come back and you beat it like first try. Like we've all done that. We've all been there. And that was me with chaos with that second hidden boss. That thing fed me my lunch for like two days because I was there, but I didn't have enough potions left, and you can't hike back and buy more. And I was like, I think I'm fucked. Because you need to fight chaos after you fight Graham. But then I yeah. finally, like, I came back after a couple of days and beat it, like, first try. And it was just like, man, we got to come up with an official term for that. Because I was like, what in the fuck was this? But um, <laughs> I do agree. And, and I will, personally speaking, that's, like, I was ranting about this while I was streaming the game. And maybe some are going to disagree with me. But, like, on the whole, there's exceptions, but on the whole, I hate when I beat a game and then they're like, there's a second game. Cause like, I like beating games and I'm like, all right, maybe it's just cause <laughs> I have so many games to play. And I'm like, I got to be efficient with my time and move on. But like in this one, it was like, well, you have to go through this. I will say the castle you have to hike through to get to those last two bosses fucking sucks. But then you get to those two bosses and it's like two more boss fights and then the game is over and that is it. And okay, I really I wanna, liked that. I want to ask you a question because I think this like, a, this applies to like, a lot of games specifically in the Castlevania series, but like, what do you, what do you consider beating a game? Is it just like you conclude the story regardless of what that looks like? Cause like if you beat Graham Jones in this game and then it's just over, like, I think that's a perfectly fine way, fine place to be like, cool. I beat it. I admittedly, like it, it pisses me off when you have to ask that question. Like, it's like, there should be, a game should be like, I beat the boss, it said the end, that's the end. That should be the end. Like, and then if you want to throw, like, an extra world in or something, like, that's optional, okay. Like, I can live with that. But, like, just don't make me wonder if that was the end. Just tell me that was the end. It fucking drives me insane. Um, You know, or else when games overstay their welcome and go too far. And I'm not going to ruin anything about it. But like motherfucking Resident Evil 7. And I'm doing it. So we're talking already. Sorry, I promise. But like Resident Evil 7 should have ended two hours before it fucking does. And it was the perfect ending. And I don't know if it's just game developers trying to pad the length of their game. Or they feel the need to, I don't know what, the, maybe set up the next game or fucking something. Just end the game where it should end, where it makes sense. And just be done. Give me 
fucking seven hours that is like a fucking tight, nicely wound, smooth-edged video game over a game that's like 14 hours, but it's kind of sloppy, and there's three exits and three endings, and you might find them, and you might not. It fucking drives <laughs> me insane. What? I agree. Anyways. I agree. I wish I wish that it was just like clear like if you beat the game. But yeah. like also, I, I just like I just don't have time to Google every game I play to see if there's another Agreed. boss. And, and that's you know? and that's like, I, I agree with you 100%. And that's one thing is like I didn't hate the two extra fights in this game, but and maybe it's just cuz I don't know the story to know the story behind the two extra fights, but I didn't feel they were necessary. Like no, I thought I, I could have totally agree. Right. Like you could have, you could have beat the game and, and that could have been it. And then it becomes, you know, Soma is Dracula or fucking whatever. And that's the end. And then if you want to put the, the second mode in where you can play as Julius, but it clearly tells you enter Julius and play a second game that I don't have as much of a problem with. It's like, it's no. almost like new game plus like, I'm fine with that, but like alternate endings where you've got to go and do certain things. And that's not a Castlevania centric thing. That's just gaming as a whole. I'm not a big fan. I want just one ending, just be done. I And, like, I think that there's, like, a distinction, like, with Symphony of the Night where, like, if you beat Richter and get that ending, that's not... I don't find that a satisfying ending, and that's why I like the Dracula ending so much more in that particular game. Because Richter was a good guy who was under Dracula's curse and then you kill him in symphony of the night and then the game ends but, like, but that's not really satisfactory because you've just killed somebody who's innocent right like it like nine tenths of my beefs with symphony of the night would have been alleviated if they had just done like they did with the julius mode in this and instead of hiding that castle if you had beat it and then they would have said hey enter this code to play the second like that's all i needed and yeah. so that's why i'm not gonna rant about that being in this game because they did just put it there and i know they hid those two extra boss fights and i did have to look up how to find those two extra boss fights but it also was like it's just two extra boss fights like that's nothing i only did I, it for the I, I had to look it up also yeah. um so now getting to like the core game itself i think what i want to say like this, in my opinion, like I'm a big Metroidvania fan as a whole. I like these mm -hmm. types of games. I thought this was a very well-designed Metroidvania dungeon. It, I didn't find I, it I, overwhelming. It wasn't too big. It wasn't too small. I agree. It's, it's just right. It was really well done. I agree. However, like I do, there are things I, we're going to be comparing this to Symphony a lot, and I'm you sorry. Yeah, I just like I, it's impossible I to. not to. Yeah, there are things that this game does much better than Symphony of the Night, and there's things that it does worse. And while I agree that yes, I like the the castle in this game, I don't, I don't think it's better than Symphony of the Nights, and here's why. Um, this is going to sound like not a complaint, but it's because it's a Metroidvania. It is a complaint. Uh, I didn't get lost enough. The game does a pretty good job at kind of nudging you in the right direction. And because of that, I didn't get lost. And I kind of want to, when I play a Metroidvania, you know what I mean? I, I do. And I, you're right. I guess I kind of chalked it up to it being a Game Boy Advance game. And like, yeah, it, I just it's, always it's assume smaller, it's compact. Yeah. Like I always just like, maybe that's fair or unfair, but going into a handheld game, I just assume it's going to be like a, a, a fun size version of like a console game. I agree with you. Like I didn't really get lost that much either, but I didn't find it frustrating. I just found it fun to explore this castle. Like I, I don't mm -hmm. know. Maybe that was just, I, I get what you're saying. But I kind of liked not getting lost. I was like, this is nice and chill. Like, it felt like a nice chill. It almost felt like a chill Metroidvania. 
it was a very relaxing game to play. I will say that yeah. um, because like I played it like years and years ago and then uh, replayed it for this podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember all this. But I don't I remember getting stuck a lot. And I am not the only thing. The only thing that I don't love about this game is that, hey, more save points for sure. Yeah. Like. Yeah. This like there were points where I would die and be like, oh man, I gotta go back forty minutes. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. dude, I agree with that. I had a couple, so I finally I didn't save states like scum this game, but I did start neither, using yeah. the save states in the collection once in a while, just in case, because I was like, my time is valuable, and I'm not redoing forty <laughs> minutes while I try to find a save room. And I agree with you, there are not a lot of fucking save rooms in this game. You're like, I gotta release fifty two podcasts this year, yeah, so exactly. there's no fucking way I'm. Wasting my time. On the point of the smaller map, though, just thinking about it, Metroid Fusion, which is a GBA game, is also very linear and kind of small for a Metroid game. So, like, I guess... I also also like this game better than Metroid Fusion, if I'm being honest. I I I don't know. I'm torn on that one. They're both great. They're they're same tier to me. I, I, I agree. They're, like, pretty close, but I think this one's a bit better. What I like about this game and what kind of... I, I think it's maybe it's not its biggest problem. I think it's kind of frustrating, but I also think it kind of makes up for that because I do agree with you. The map is a little small um, and it's not quite as there's not quite as much exploration as some Metroidvanias. But like I really like the customization where you can mix and match your souls. As oh, you pick yeah. them up off enemies. The, and I feel like that... The soul system is brilliant. It's it, the best part of the game. Yeah, it is. And it kind of neutralizes the smaller map to an extent. Because you're like, it is a smaller map, but I can take it on like 3,000 ways because I can equip different souls. The only beef I had with this... So if you've never played this, when you kill enemies, you have a random chance to inherit their soul. And um, I guess it's their, their spirit, their soul. Fuck it. I think it's soul. I think it is their soul. Yeah, it's, it's, it's soul, yeah. And like, there's three different categories. There's red, blue, and yellow. And like, some of them are, are abilities. Some of them are passive things. Some of them are like, a, you know, different attacks and stuff like that. And it is some really... Of them, the, the, one of them is you can turn into a bat. Yeah. Like in Symphony. Yeah. And it's really rad that you can mix and match those things and have some fun with it. There was just the odd time where I found it to be a, a hassle to constantly go in and swap between a couple of them. Well, oh, I, I was agree. Like the, the, the water. water ones specifically. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But you know what? I was like almost done the game on a stream when Brandon, the dude that sponsored this episode, was like, yo, you can equip the soul that lets you sink to the bottom of the water and still swim to the top of the water. And yeah, I didn't yeah. know that forever. And I was like, ah, oh, for fuck's sakes. Because every time I had to get out of the water, I would go into my souls and equip the one that lets me walk on water and then get up to the top. And he was like, you don't have to do that. And I was like, God, I just look so fuck. I suck at video games. But- I was, uh, yeah, I was playing this. I was playing this game and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine about it. And he was like, you know that you can like summon familiars on boss fights, right? And I was like, well, I guess in theory I knew. I just didn't do it. You know, like, um, you know, like how you can summon like the giant enemies that will like just destroy everything on the screen, but it takes up half your MP. I don't think I ever did that. Maybe I didn't yeah, know that, you could do that. <laughs> did you? Okay, I, here's here's what I want to ask. Uh, did you find the the forbidden zone? I don't know. Okay, so there's an area called the Forbidden Zone, and it's hidden behind a waterfall. And this part, this is about three quarters through the game. And the issue with the Forbidden Zone is that the Forbidden Zone houses uh, the best weapons and 
equipment in the game. Um, so, that- like, once once you find the forbidden zone, it's it's a cakewalk from there. Okay, so that's interesting because I don't I don't think I like I did about ninety three ninety four percent of the map, and I couldn't figure oh, okay, out what I was yeah. missing. Maybe that's what I was missing. It mu- it must be the forbidden zone, yeah, because I had I had ninety eight. Okay. Um, now, having said that, though, like. I bought a sword off of the what was his name Hunter Hammer 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 what a stupid name Fucking I bought a, stupid, I bought a sword off Hammer um about two thirds of the way through the game and I never the entire game found a sword more powerful than this one I bought off him it was so and it was all like dude I was one hitting so many enemies outside of bosses that like yeah. I did find that too like I did not find this outside of chaos which was more just my crappy gameplay um I didn't. I really like some of the boss fights in this game. I thought the fight against death in particular was awesome. But really like, good. Yeah. I, it, I didn't find it to be that hard. And like, I look, I, my overarching opinion of Castlevania games is that they're difficult, but I think that's cause I remember Castlevania one. I didn't find this game to be that difficult. And I, maybe it's cause I had this sword. I don't fucking know, but no, um, this game's e- This game is easy. Okay. Uh, like I, I don't think I died on any of the bosses. At, at all actually even like even like graham jones like the first time i beat the game and i fought graham jones i didn't even realize i was fighting the final boss right like like uh, it's also one of those games that'll let you um other than the very end of the game when you can't get back to the to the store um i found that like once i unlocked the ability to go to hammer and buy stuff i always had enough money because like Always. that's and that's the thing about a Metroidvania and the exact same thing was in Symphony of the Night and I don't mean it's a slag on either game but like you do get lost sometimes and as you get lost you're basically just killing enemies and and destroying candles and picking up money left and fucking right. And I would so say you, this game you always I, you almost unintentionally grind. Yeah, this game is like I would say challenging for the first 30 minutes and then from that point on you're unstoppable. Yeah, like because the thing is, is anytime you do start to run into any kind of resistance, you can basically travel back to Hammer by nine more potions, and then oh, you're stacked oh. up. Oh, you know what this game has over Symphony of the Night, and it's such a huge improvement that you can use your fucking yeah. potions from the inventory menu. The the inventory, in my opinion, the inventory system as a whole in this game, like, Way better. Wants Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Because Symphony of the Night, like, you, I, and I, I may be wrong, but, like, you have to equip something in your right arm, something in your left arm. You get two accessories. You get head. You get this. This game, it's just, like, equip your armor, equip an accessory, equip one weapon, and anytime you want to use an item, you just go into your menu and use the fucking item. It was just, like, thank you. Wait. Thank yeah. you for making this fucking easy. Like, oh. I also, oh. I also really like that you save your secondary enemy or your secondary uh, items um, that you can switch back and forth because, like, nothing is more annoying than, like, in Symphony of the Night when you have the axe and then you accidentally pick up the book and then the axe disappears and you're like, fuck, now I have the book. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But, like, but that comes back to the soul system, which I do really want to go back to. Like, absolutely. Everyone that listens to my podcast knows, like, I am a Mega Man fanatic i adore the Mega Man games and one of my favorite things about the Mega Man games is that when you kill a robot you master you get their weapon and Absolutely. this game kind of does that the only problem i have with it is that it's so random on when you get a soul from an enemy that like to grind like brandon was telling me that when he was playing it he grinded to get every soul of the game 
and it took him fucking forever, which I was like, I don't have the patience to fucking do I, that. I don't, get, I don't get time for that. But, it sounds cool, but I don't got time for it. Yeah, but what's really, really cool in this game is that you can take a soul from every enemy in the game. There's an mm -hmm. ability you can get from every... And, and it doesn't even matter that two-thirds of them are kind of useless because they're just lesser versions of better abilities that you found. The idea I, I, that you can just go around this game and, and there's never, like... And this isn't just Symphony of the Night. This is fucking... I love Metroid. This is Metroid games. This is basically every Metroidvania. Unless they include experience points, you hit a point where like, you're backtracking a ton because you're lost, and there's no reason to fight the boring basic enemies that you can kill without like by sneezing on them because you don't get anything out of it. But in this game, you can always go farming for more souls because not only may you equip a new ability, but you can equip a second soul from the same enemy which levels up that ability. So yeah, at that's least, genius, Dude, actually. it's so genius because you're never you never don't have a reason to fight the bad guys you come across even if they're super easy to kill and boring and basic you might get another soul out of one of them it and does it does make you like pretty fucking powerful oh absolutely it does but like i i feel like that with most metroid games metroidvanias by the end of the game i usually feel pretty op because i've been out like walking around and trying to figure out where the fuck to go and i like to try to find everything um but like it's different it's one thing when it's in symphony of the night you level up or in metroid maybe you find a couple more rockets or something in this game to like like here comes a boring fucking zombie that i've killed three million of but the three million and first one i killed gave me a new ability every time i got a new ability i was like well at least i want to go see what it does whether i'll ever use it or not doesn't matter i want to see what it does and i just thought that was such a genius fucking decision to make every enemy in the game drop something that you can use um, I wish they dropped them a little bit more frequently so that the grind to find them wasn't quite as like, maybe they had put something in where like guaranteed by like the 50th time you kill this enemy, you'll get a soul from it or something. Um, yeah. or maybe give you a soul that makes it easier to obtain souls. You know what I mean? There's like, like something yeah. like that. But I, I still thought it was a genius fucking mechanic. I loved it. I found like pretty, I would say like halfway through the game, I found an accessory called the ancient belt, which is like a rare drop from a very specific enemy. I looked it up because I was like, how do I have this? And it raised literally all my stats by like five. And oh, I was okay. like, this, so I was like, this is insane. This is insane. How like, like how much I am loving this game, but also how easy it is yeah um, yeah yeah but to like and that is like i think my biggest complaint and why i don't like it as much as symphony of night whereas symphony of night was pretty easy this is like this is for babies you know like it's it's a very good game and i really like it but it is for babies yeah it, um, like i think the only times i really struggled were that final fight against chaos which again was on me and then Death worked me a couple of times until yeah, I figured death, out death his Death was probably the hardest boss I fought. Me too. But once you figure out his pattern, and I will say personally, maybe this is the old school gamer in me, but I love it when enemies have a pattern and you die a couple of times, but you just figure out like, okay, I get it. I get the pattern now. And quickly Absolutely. before all of you were like, well, then you should play Elden Ring because it's the same thing. I like it in 2D games. 3D games fucking make me insane. I'm never playing Elden Ring. I'm sorry. But like 2D, <laughs> I love that kind of shit. And like death was the perfect example. Like the first couple of times I fought death, he kicked my ass. And then I, I swapped out some souls and equipped different abilities and I equipped a different weapon. Oh, cause that's another. Th and then I figured out his pattern. I beat him. Another thing I love about this game. And I know it's not the first one to do it, but like, your weapons handle differently. 
Like yeah, at one, I, yeah. Like at one point, I had a hammer, and I was using the hammer for quite a while. But it it did tons of damage. But fuck me, it swung slow. Yeah. Um, and then you'd get like a javelin that would swing straight ahead really quick, but it had no arc whatsoever. And then but I, it had a reach. It had like a lot of reach. Yeah, yeah. And like I loved that fucking system where like some some weapons swing faster some do more cover more area some are are more powerful but swing slower i'd love that system in an action game i might i might be remembering this incorrectly but i'm pretty sure for a long time i had a whip that had a knife like attached to the front of it <laughs> i know that sounds i had a whip for quite a while that i really liked cuz it did yeah, so much whip, reach the whip was awesome yeah it did so much reach but then when i got a hold of this sword from hammer uh then i didn't need yeah. it anymore um, I will say too, like, I, I guess they're only there because it's kind of like a cliche in video games that there has to be a merchant to sell stuff. But like, I, he just seemed like, I thought it seemed a little odd to have a merchant in symphony of the night, but I thought I, it was really weird to have one in this game, especially I only bought from him twice. Me too. I bought that. I, I stocked up on potions and I bought that really powerful sword. Um, but like. I just, like, it worked. Like, it was a neat enough system, but I just was like, so wait a minute, this is Dracula's castle that is apparently hidden in the sky behind a solar eclipse. It's full of demons. And there's just some ex-military dude here that, like, set up a store to sell milk and swords. Yeah, it's it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. But, like, I just, it just feels like the only reason the merchant is there is for the sake of having a merchant in the game. It wasn't bad. I just thought it was odd, an odd fucking decision to have him there. Totally. Um, another thing I wanted to touch on, dude, is, uh, and this is going to be, if you ever, every single GBA game we cover on this podcast, I'm going to basically just repeat myself, but like, holy fuck, this game looks good. Like, I yeah. love yeah, it's the a great graphics. looking game. I love the, and I, listen, and you were, you were my guest. I loved the graphics on Symphony of the Night as well. I really did. Great. But yeah. the graphics on this game, considering it's on a little handheld console, like this is a good looking fucking video game. The backgrounds, all the enemies, the characters, everything in this game is just beautiful. The, the backgrounds specifically, like I was paying attention to them um, when I was playing this game. And like the backgrounds specifically are like very impressive for this hardware. Yeah. Like, dude, Game Boy, and I, I know the Game Boy Advance is... Comparing the Game Boy Advance to the original Game Boy is like comparing like the Super Nintendo to like a fucking Atari. Like I get that, but like yeah, I play I play a lot of like old Game Boy games for this podcast as well. And when I play them on like my 3DS, they look fine. But when I put them on my 4K monitor, they're kind of ugly. Whereas like GBA games, like they look just as good today as they did back then. Like yeah, I they think, hold up, dude. They're some of the best examples of pixel art in gaming history. The Game Boy Advance, they look so crisp. And um, there wasn't a single, and like, and this game has some of the same enemies from Symphony of the Night. I'm particularly thinking of the giant flaming blue skull, which I think is like yeah, the coolest oh, looking I enemy fucking ever. Hate um, him, but yeah, he's really cool. Yeah, I hate him too. And it also got some creepy, dude, what the fuck are with those giant chickens? I don't even know the what the what? fuck those, they're like giant fucking horse chickens. And I don't know what the fuck they're called. Oh, yeah. No, I don't like those at all. <laughs> I hate those fucking things. I, I specifically hate the ones that have long legs. Yes. Like the long leg chickens. E gross. Ugh. And like, I get that the need to like status ailments make sense, but like, I will never like the stone status ailment in these fucking games because it's just annoying. Oh, yeah. It doesn't hurt you. 
It's just annoying. And like, you're trying to rush through. You're like, I know I can kill that guy in two hits. I just got to get close enough to him before he hits me with his stupid fucking stone stare thing. And then you get frozen in stone and then you're just mashing buttons trying to get loose. Fucking drives oh. me up the wall. <laughs> And Konami, like, I know, like, you don't make games anymore, but, like, if you do make another Castlevania game, like, how about enough of the Medusa heads? I've oh, had enough. The worst. Dude, that was the... Actually, I will say, that was the only time I started to lose my patience with this game was trying to climb up and down those fucking clock towers. The clock tower, yeah, I agree. Not being entirely sure where I can stand, and then motherfucking Medusa heads coming in from the side, and the gold Medusa heads make you stone. So then you turn into stone, and then you rotate off the gear, fall to the bottom of the clock tower, land on spikes, have to climb up it again. And I was yeah, getting the, so and the spikes angry. do like the spikes do massive damage. Yeah, and it wasn't even about dying because I had nine potions. It was just about like. Fuck me, now I have to climb up this fucking clock tower again. And I'm not <laughs> complaining that the game, like, I, I don't want the game to be easy. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But those, like, there can't be a soul on this planet that's pro-Medusa head in no. these games. They're the worst enemies maybe in video game history. I, I, I would agree heavily, especially the gold ones specifically. I think oh. they suck really bad. Oh, I hate them so much. And they're so hard to hit sometimes. And then, like, I would turn into a bat and be like, I'm just going to cheese it and fly through. But then I'd fuck up and get hit anyways. And just like, oh, oh, fuck those Medusa heads. You know what's crazy, though? You know what's, like, absolutely crazy is that how, how far into this podcast are we? 45 minutes? Yeah, 45 minutes. We haven't even talked about the crux of the game and the reason the game is so fucking good. And that is it has a shitload of very fun boss fights. Yeah, I... I agree with you, dude. I love the boss fights in this game. Like, I like death is the one that stands out to me because I thought he looked cool. I thought he was challenging, but fair. The first time he killed me, I played the classic. Oh, that's such cheap bullshit. But it's usually I, yeah. not. Usually it's just bad play, and I'm just like that's like so for if for any of you that are newer to the podcast usually when I call something cheap that's just remember the game lingo for I suck at video games. Um, but death was fucking awesome. Um, my, my favorite boss fight in the whole game, not only I thought was fun to fight, but like showed off what the Game Boy Advance could do. And it was Balor, who was like the giant in the uh, the Coliseum who would like he had like the big hands and the big face and like the boss fight start. Do you do you remember the boss fight I'm talking about? No, I don't think so. I'm going to look it up right really? now. Like it's been a few yeah. weeks since I played it. What's it? Which one? Yeah. Which one was it? It's Balor, B-A-L-O-R-E. Look it up. B-A-L-O-R-E. Is my favorite boss fight in the game. Balor. And oh, yeah. That yeah. fucking, like, where it's just that fucking huge guy in the background, like he's in prison. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This, oh. this is my favorite boss fight in the game. And I love it so much because, like, the first boss fight from Castlevania, which is the giant bat, like, shows up. And you're like, oh, I'm going to fight the first boss fight in Castlevania. And then Balor crushes it to death. And it's like blood splurts everywhere. It's awesome. Yes, I totally forgot. Dude, I've got to say, like, I love any video game. Like, I've constantly yelled out or shouted out the final boss fight in Yoshi's Island when you're fighting this massive Bowser walking towards you in the background. I like One boss of my fights. Faves, yeah. yeah, I like boss fights where you fight something in the background. But to see something that well done and it's on the GBA, I totally forgot yeah. about this, but you're right. And you have to, like, hit him in his eye as he's, yeah. like, in this, like, and he's, like, literally all you see is, like, part of his face and then his two giant fists. Such an awesome! I totally forgot about this. What a great fucking boss fight! Yeah, oh, dude. Yeah. All all of them are good. Like even though, like I'd say they're a bit like um Legion, um which is like a Castlevania, like 
he was in Symphony of Night. I, I can't remember if he's in other ones. Yeah. But Legion was like very easy this time around. Yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's I, fine. Like I thought Legion was so if you've never played this one, Legion is this like giant ball of corpses. Human corpses. Yeah, yeah. And it like floats around and you keep attacking it. Eventually you like chip away at all the corpses and get it like the soul inside or whatever the fuck it is. Uh it, I, I think it's a cool design, but I thought that was kind of a lame fight this time. It was just really yeah. easy. You just kind of ran around this giant square and hit him when he came close. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, just kind of. Uh, but like, yeah. but like, ultimately, it's still like it's still fun to. It's still a fun boss fight. I really like the Manticore boss fight as well. That was like probably the only time I got like pretty stuck at the beginning of the game. Yeah, uh, but Dude, I so got over that like pretty quickly. I brought up a list of the bosses so I could remember. So as I don't know any of their names, but yeah, the Manticore is like this fucking. What is it like a part lion with a scorpion tail and bat yeah, wings? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's fucking. I, I think I was calling it man bear pig while I was fighting it because I know what the fuck <laughs> it was. But like that was a pretty rad look. The thing about it is like I think the thing with this game is that you run into the same enemies, and I guess this is with most video games. But you run into the same few enemies so often that when you come across these big, more powerful boss-looking enemies, they're fucking rad. And what I like about this game is that when you beat the um. The bosses, you you just like you do with most enemies, you end up getting like a soul from them, and it gives you like a cool new ability that you can do something different. Yeah, uh, and usually usually it's like you can use it on other boss fights. Yes, yeah. Oh fuck yeah! So much like I agree. Like and like and the thing about it was again like outside of death, which was on me, and then that final fucking chaos fight, which again was on me. Um, none of the I hate boss fights where they're just. And I, and I this isn't remember the game lingo. This is me being honest. I hate boss fights that are just cheap and they're just a giant enemy that just tries to run into you. I'm like, there's no, this is bullshit. But like when they have cool looking attacks and you can figure out a pattern and form a strategy to fight them, they're excellent. And I don't think there's one that isn't like that in this game. Like the, yeah, they're really totally. well designed. Um, yeah. And, and I think the castle's well designed two it's not my favorite castlevania castle but like i think it works pretty well specifically for the platform that it's on yeah the only issue i really had with the castle in this game was i found the water to be a nuisance but i'm gonna think the water's a nuisance in literally every video game ever um Agreed. and then the floating garden uh i just found it like a little tedious because it's yeah, like the same I screen like five times over yeah like when you're going into the chaos realm and like you're like you're like you you don't know where like you kept you keep checking the map because you're like this keeps portaling me around all over the place yeah like um, I, I totally it reminded me of like a ghost house in mario and i fucking hate ghost houses and that was kind of what the castle like the this floating like it would have been cool if they'd been like three but there's like five or six and most of them are yeah. the exact same design it's just different enemies so you're just running through them over and over and over again and i was like for fuck's sakes like let's oh. go Oh, you know what else is like a banging boss fight is that there's like, and this is probably the most unique boss fight in the game. I can't remember. I can't believe I forgot it, but it's the woman who like switches out her head. Yeah. I was going to yeah. go there too. And it's That's funny. A really fun boss fight. When I was playing that one on stream, I like the first stage of that boss fight is like super easy. It's just like a woman in like a classic giant. I don't know the technical terms, but like the giant puffy like dressed, all dressed yeah. yeah and i was like she's not even doing anything and i'm like what the fuck i was like does like when you kill it does it swap heads or something and then sure as fuck i kill it and then like another head comes off the background turns it into like a whole like meaner looking woman that's like a little bit tougher then another head comes off the background and takes it from a woman into this like evil lizard thing that does I even more lizard. damage i love the lizard yeah and i was like yeah i agree dude like between that death 
the fucking giant badass creature thing in prison, the man bear pig. You're right. Like there are some excellent boss fights in this fucking game. Like they're really, yeah, totally. And like, just again, like I have such a hard on for like pixel art and like some of the sprites in this game are just stunning, like fucking gorgeous. Agreed. Um, man, I like, so we covered that. We covered the, the soul system is, is fucking excellent. I will ask super good. Like, Personally, I played most of the game with my projectile weapon being the um like a giant axe or whatever it was that you would throw and then it would boomerang back to you. Um, I used I used the rock. There was like a giant rock that you could throw. I don't think I ever got that one, a giant rock. I yeah, that's that's I did, what I, I used use for it. most of the game. I had the throwable hammer and then near the end of the game I picked up the ability to spit like five fireballs out in front of you. And then I rolled with oh, that cool. one the rest of the way. Um, but that's <laughs> rad that you and I <laughs> played the same tight. game yeah. and rolled with totally different powers. Like that's the cool thing about this game. And that's where I think it, there's some replay in it. Cause like, there's not a lot of replay as far as exploration goes. Cause like you said, it's not the biggest castle in the world and you're like unintentionally, you're going to see 80 plus percent of it. But the way that you could go back in and be like, I'm going to play with totally different souls this time. Um, is really neat. Oh dude. And we didn't like, did you play the Julius playthrough at all? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. But I've heard that it's like pretty in intense and like the best way to uh, speed run. Yeah. Like I didn't, I didn't finish it. I just kind of, I got like, so like the Julius run plays like vintage Castlevania. You can't level up. You can't get new weapons. You can't inherit souls from the enemies, but you've got like four classic Castlevania weapons that you can scroll through. Like you've oh, got cool. the, like the, the boomerang axe. Or the boomerang cross, I mean. Uh, the potion? I think, Can you throw the potion? Yeah, I think there's... I think it's... I always called it holy water. Um, I think that is what it is, but, actually. Yeah, I think there's the holy water. I think there's the giant arcing axe that throws up in the air and comes down. And then he's got a whip. But it plays like a classic Castlevania game. And I didn't finish it because, honestly, like, I, I found it a little bit boring after playing where I could swap out all my souls and go crazy and, and customize. Um, yeah. But it's not... I will say, like, it's not a half-assed... Like, you know when you beat, like, a Mario game and then you can play through the game again, but they just made the Goombas into into Beatles? Or, like, yeah, yeah. like, and it's like, okay, but you didn't really do anything. Like, this is the exact same castle, but with a different character using different abilities and stuff. And, um, yeah, the only reason I didn't finish it was because, like, I had already put so many hours into playing it as Soma or whatever the fuck his name was. I kind of just, I just found it a little bit boring but it is, is it this it's the same game though right i don't know because i didn't get that far into it like i don't think it's I the just, same cutscenes and stuff i assume there's a different story to it uh, yeah I, I wonder what happens when you get to the julius boss fight yeah and i like i don't know but i will say like like props to them for being like some games pad their game by just being like like i said you can play through it again on hard mode but this game was just like no we, we made a whole second playable character that plays like classic castlevania through the same castle go nuts and, oh my um, god okay so i'm sorry but like i was curious about this so i looked it up just now yeah and when you get to the julius boss, like there's no it doesn't look like there's any story in the second playthrough but when you get to the julius boss fight you just fight julius as julius oh okay yeah that's, that seems like maybe they they didn't finish something yeah maybe there. that's a little bit mailed in but like <laughs> yeah i like like when I went to start it, cause I saw there was a new game. You could play a new game as Julius, but I assumed it was the same game where you'd still like steal souls and uh, upgrade your abilities and stuff. And then when I found out that it isn't, I was like, I guess some would say that maybe kind of lazy. I thought it was really cool that they were like, here, like, by the way, here's some vintage Castlevania, like vintage yeah, I, abilities, vintage whip, 
no leveling up, just retro Castlevania. The I only just, thing, I just oh, can't. yeah. Sorry, the only thing you do level up on the Julius playthrough is you still fight the bosses. But when you fight them, I forgot about this. You fight the bosses, you just get an orb that just ups your like overall strength and magic and stuff a bit. And that, so and you, that makes sense, yeah. Yeah, like you can go right to the end of the game if you know how to get there, or you can go around and fight all of these uh, the other bosses and just stockpile a bunch of like health and magic upgrades before you go to the final boss. That's um, smart, yeah. But like for a GBA game from like twenty years ago that maybe you bought and you're like, well, this is my game that I'm playing for the next month. Um, it does add some replay to it, which is cool. So like, yeah, and and this game, this game like ultimately is very dope like oh, you know yeah. i had i had some complaints about it but like i just wanted to get those complaints out to make me sound impartial to be honest this game is very dope i loved it like i i yeah. fucking it's uh like i always thought like again very limited experience super castlevania 4 is my favorite castlevania but i think this one's replaced it so now this is the bar um i thought it was so much fun i thought it improved on the stuff i didn't like from symphony of the night stuff like the better inventory system and the not hiding half the game and stuff like that uh i thought the story sucked but i think the story in all castlevania games suck i don't really care about the story i love the souls mechanic and being able to go around and grind out like if you're bored dude if you had like imagine if this was like the game you got for your birthday or christmas or you spent all your money on and this was all you had to play in theory if you if you were really digging it you could just go around and grind souls and just see what other abilities there are in the game um yeah, and i totally. think that's really dope like that's a really you could try playing it with like brass knuckles instead of a sword and trying it that way and stuff like that like there's a lot of here's your one per episode there's a lot of meat on the bone in this game if you want it and um thoroughly that impressed. Being, that being said i don't love short um like short range weapons in this game because no. to use them you pretty much have to be like in your hitbox to like like that's how close you have to be to the enemy is that they're pretty much in your hitbox when you use like the knife or like the brass knuckles. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I never like I was like, you know, give me a long weapon. I'm not good enough. Maybe someone that's really good can get close to the enemies and hit them, but that's not me. I was like, yeah. I need to be as far away as humanly possible. I was like, give me, give me <laughs> a shitload of range. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but then like, and then you could also use all your magic and stuff. I just, I was, I was. I went in being like, oh, I'm sure it'll be okay. And I came out being like, I'm thoroughly impressed. Like I bought the entire Castlevania advanced collection just to play this. And now I'm like, well, now I got to play the other ones. Cause if there is, Harmony of this one, I'm interested. Harmony of dissonance is really good also. So like, you know, if you want, if you want to talk harmony of dissonance, you know, you know, I'm always around. <laughs> yeah. I just like, I don't consider myself the biggest Castlevania fan, but like a good game is a good game. And at the end of the day, like that's what this was. This was just a good, I'm, I, I enjoyed myself. This was just a fun I video game. It's a blast. Um, so how the fuck do we score this thing? Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow. Um, Out of... Jeez, uh, there isn't like a large enough number because there's like... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't wait. have a funny way to score this one. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let me... Oh, I'm just going to Google something. Oh, I was going to look up how often do solar eclipses happen. Ooh, yeah, that's that's a good one. How oh, also, oh, before we before we before we score this thing, uh, there's one other thing that I want to mention. What's this that? game takes place in 2035, and they don't do anything with that. Oh, I didn't even know that. The game takes place in the future, and they do nothing with it. Well, but I, they, I don't. I, I, yeah, yeah, like there should have been like the transporting air tubes and the flying cars. Yeah. Like that's what like the fact that we don't have those now in 2022 is a goddamn joke. Like yeah. I was raised fucking know that by like the year 2000. Like, didn't you ever read Archie 2000? Like, shit's supposed to be different. Nothing's fucking yeah. different. 
We have smartphones and the internet where we're all just assholes to each other. Nothing the else Jetsons is takes changed. place in 2003. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking sick. Um, oh, but fuck. yeah, like I just thought it was so weird that they put, made it take place in the future uh, instead of like medieval, like they usually do, yeah. and then didn't do anything with it. I didn't know that. I thought, I thought it was just so bizarre that there was like nothing. It says that solar eclipses happen two to four times a year around the world, so that's no fucking good. Fuck. Uh, um, wait, okay, how, many, so here, how many? What? I just Googled how old is Dracula. And it says 591 years old. 591 years old. So Perfect. that's what we're scoring this out of. We're scoring it out of 591. Uh, um, maybe the stupidest ranking system in the history of podcasts. Um, what would you score Castlevania Area of Sorrow out of 591? 591. Huh. That's a... Ugh. Like maybe 550? That's exactly where I was going to go. That's lame. Five, yeah. yeah like five, <laughs> it, it sounds about right. It's not the best game I've ever played, but it's good. Yeah, that's exactly, that's literally the exact number I had in mind. So I'm going to go 551 just to be uh, different. But like, Price is right, me? Yeah, exactly. But it's like an 8 out of 10. Like, it's a good fucking video game. And like, I will just say, having not played the other two games, so I can't speak to them, but if you've been on the fence about the Castlevania Advance Collection, having played one uh, I'm like, it's another quality collection. Like I'm uh, like, I know we're all mad at Konami for not doing more video games. And I agree with that. But like I've bought the Contra, the Castlevania, now the Castlevania advanced collection. And I have no qualms with any of them. Yeah. Like, I've, they, got, I've got all three also. They're perfect. They're all great. And like, and it goes on sale all the time. So if you're cheap like me, just wait for it to go on sale. Uh, totally. And you can um, pick it up. Um, oh shit. Oh yeah. And another thing about this game too, is that like, it's not very long. Like I think I did like six hours on it, maybe yeah. seven. Like it's yeah. not. It doesn't waste your time. It's just it knows what it is. It knows how long it should be. It it, it feels more like Super Metroid than Symphony of the Night does. Yeah, I think. it does. Yeah, it feels yeah. it like in both. A, uh, it feels a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter. It feels like a Super Nintendo Metroidvania game, Absolutely. which isn't a bad thing. It, it was good, yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, if you're looking for like a 40, unless you want to go grinding souls, you're not going to get like 40 hours out of this fucking game. And um, at the end of the credits, they say special thanks to you, and that makes me feel cool. I always like when they do that. That's always nice. Yeah. <laughs> special. Um, I, I like when you put in your name at the beginning of the game, and you're yeah. like, I don't know why I did that. And then at the end of the game, they're like, I think Earth, Earthbound does this, where they ask who the player is. Yeah. Like, who's playing the game? So at the end, they could be like, and special thanks to Bradley. And yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, they need to pray. You, they get you to pray. They get yeah. you to pray for that. But, like, yeah, it's always Hoju because I always enter Hoju. But, um, well, uh, we, 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 might have to, we might have to jump into the DS realm, too, because the DS ones are also, like, pretty good. Yeah, we have never covered a DS game on the show. But, like, they're, they're entering that territory. If we can do PS3 and Xbox 360 games, we can do the odd DS game. Yeah, um, yeah. If you, well, if you ever want to do Dawn of Sorrow, that's that's like the Dawn of Sorrow's the sequel to Area of Sorrow, and it's also very good. Oh, that sounds yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Well, I mean, like I've stopped promising I'm going to play stuff because people <laughs> people hold me to, accountable. But like, I, think, I will I think add you have it. like I think you have like nine or ten games promised to me at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> I have the. It's called the backlog from hell. It'll never end. But um, but this one is this episode. That's my segue. This one is ending. But that was fun. And I feel like uh, Castlevania redeemed itself. 
after the last fucking travesty. So for all of you that are yelling at me for Symphony of the Night, stop fucking yelling at me. Or I don't care. Keep yelling at me. I don't give a fuck. Unbel- your opinion on Symphony of the Night is so is so terrible. Well, people just, just need to <laughs> people just need to have better standards, and then they won't fucking be mad. But anyway. Um, buddy, thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing this, Bradley. I appreciate it, bud. Hey, man, it's always a blast. My pleasure. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Bradley, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Aria of Sorrow. Tin Smasher, thank you so, so much for sponsoring the episode and donating part of your football, your fantasy football championship winnings, of which I paid part of, I guess, because I sucked the hind banana in that fantasy football league. Uh, but thank you so much for donating part of it to the podcast and uh, picking Ario Sario. And thank you for introducing me to this game. This game fucking owns. And to every single one of you nerds listening to this right now, whether this was your first episode or maybe your 196th episode, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, if you were like, this, ah, that didn't totally suck, maybe consider leaving us a nice review on your podcast service of choice. I read them all, and the podcast powers that be read them. And I don't know what they do, but... I know that the good podcasts are supposed to ask for them, so consider this an ask. Plus, I think Spotify does star ratings now. So thank you very much for listening, and consider leaving me a nice review if you want to. I just burped while I begged you to say this show doesn't suck. That's how good this fucking show is. And if you're like, man, I can't get enough of this guy's annoying voice, maybe consider supporting us on Patreon. It's only two bucks a month. Two bucks. It helps me out. You donate some money to charity, and you get access to over 200 bonus podcasts, plus two additional shows every week. And you can vote in our Patreon poll right now that runs until May 9th. You can join our Discord. All kinds of badass stuff. Patreon.com slash remember the game. It helps me keep the lights on. I appreciate it. I have a P.O. box. If you'd like to just send me a postcard or a letter, something little. Some people send me big things, and I'm very grateful for it, but I'm not asking for giant things. I just want to know where you are and what, you know, where you're listening from, and I'll send you a postcard back, and we'll be pen pals. That will be pen pals. There you go. That's old school. Uh, you know, plus it's nice to look in the mail and not just find bills and junk mail. It's nice to get a postcard once in a while. So you can find the address at rememberthegamepodcast.com, but it is P.O. Box 69181, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, T6V1G7. So you can send something there if you want. And uh, finally, you can find me over on Twitch. If you're interested, I'm over there Tuesday, usually Tuesday nights, and then just whenever I can hop on. Um, sometimes I just build Lego and just chat with people, and sometimes I play games, and you can see my nose and make fun of me and it's fun uh i don't i never beg you for subs or anything either i'm not one of those streamers uh twitch.tv slash member the game if you're interested i'd love to see you over there that'll do it for this week's episode i'll be back tomorrow for all of our patrons with expansion pass number 109 my review of kirby and the forgotten land i'll be back on friday for all our patreons with my next episode of game patch looking at all the biggest news in the world of gaming and i'll be back seven days from today with remember the game number 197 and usually this is where i would tip you off as to what game it is but as of the time i'm saying these words into the microphone we don't have it recorded so i don't know what it's gonna be but i'm hoping it's either castle of illusion starring mickey mouse or for the NES. It's probably going to be one of those two, assuming I can get one recorded. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'm going to do some shout-outs and get the fuck out of here. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers.
Remember the Game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not produce all the content I churn out every week without your support. The following people are supporting us at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash rememberthegame. So I'd like to take a moment to butcher a bunch of their names and thank them sincerely. So a massive thank you to... Makeshift Mallow Money, Joe Buck, Sharonic, Andre Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, James Clark, Dave McGee, DNA Gaming, Slick Rick, Doug Dorn, Charlie Medeiros, Andrew Wright, Jordan, The Good Enough Gamer on YouTube, Fraser Burns, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Angry Ticks, Dave Thompson, No One Cares, Brandon O'Brien, aka The Tin Smasher, Aaron Lawson, Matt McLean, Nathan Tremblay, Morgan, Zane Donovan, Ryan Kinchin, Mike Maloney, Very Cool Dude, G9PSX, Raging Demon, Wolfgang Darren, Sam Wright, Andy Hudson, Chris Coplin, Doogie, Wolf Magic 21, Johnny CCDC, Joel LeBlanc, Titan 420, Zonko 504, Adam Farrow, Russell Aldridge, Aldridge, Jeff Bergeron, Captain N, Game Nomad Misi, Daniel, Tunable Power, Tom Danks, John Woodruff, Just a Fish, Noob Q, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Denzalo, Holmes, Zach Shepard, Ballsack Teabagger, Chris Dickin, Antukar, Matthew D'Amico, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Larkin, Elijah Burns, Stephen Parnell, Thakabai, Ray San Wontongo, Zach Coiner, DBXJ, Jameer Williams, Steve Dalk, Phil McCracken, Trav H, Mizuru, David Marcus, Phil Lencher, Ruben Elizald, Eric James, Riley Turvey, C-Spin, Thomas Smith, Nicola, Munch Makuchi, Leroy Westrich, Dark Squall, Jerry the 3D Printed Sawstrich, Evolva, Sean Ramos, Boston Pork Sword, DB Cooper, Stud Still Smash, Mojo the Helper Monkey, Solid Rake, Gabe, Solid Rake, Gabe, almost, Dan Fuselman, Aaron Mitson, Decoy Man, John Jameson, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon, Roe, Tyler Nightmare, Dixon Cider, Benjamin Swiller, Pet My Peeve Podcast, Tristan Team the Great, Esteban Navarro, Kach, Catch, Kach, Jim Josh Stone, Chris Williams, Evol Skywalker, Cody Richardson, General Fury, Salty by Design, Jason Workman, Dem Boys on the Roof, and Oh What the Fuck, LOL. Thank you all so much for the support. You're all the best purple monkey dishwasher.